opportunity of concluding what should be concluded fairly promptly, but I will address you on the first part of this text, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Another day, all these things will be added unto you. That will be another sermon, the Lord willing, someday. I preached to you the last time I was in this place on verses particularly 24 but a little larger than that. That was the negative, but I wish to address you on the positive. What was the negative? You cannot serve God and mammon. It is impossible to serve two masters. But what is the positive? The opposite side is given by our Lord Jesus Christ in the same sermon, a little later in the same chapter. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What are we to seek? What are you to seek? What am I to seek? We're to seek the Lord, first of all, and his kingdom and his righteousness. But we seek him even before we seek his kingdom and the righteousness. This is clearly implied. Now every one of us is outside the kingdom as we are born into this world by nature, unless we're converted from the womb as was John the Baptist and some others perhaps. So every one of us is born outside this kingdom as we are naturally born into the world. We are born outside of God. We are the children of the devil. We do his works. We listen to his lies. We believe him. We believe what he tells us. Never does he ever tell the truth. He is always deceiving, deceiving every one of us. We are all deceived by the devil, if not by our own hearts or by the world. So we are outside. Every one of us, as we are born into the world, outside the kingdom. Therefore, we must search for that kingdom. We must search for that king who is Lord over that kingdom. It's interesting from the original language. I don't like to do this often, but the word kingdom and king are the same word. You have to make a decision whether it's king or kingdom by the context. You can't decide by the language alone in the original in the Greek so the king is the kingdom itself his is the kingdom he is the king he is the kingdom this gives us the cure for greed this gives us the cure for our covetousness this gives us Salvation. Here it is. In one verse or a piece of a verse. 
There was a great Scottish preacher, you probably know his name. One of Mr. McCurley's children is named for him, Thomas Chalmers. He called it in one of his great sermon titles, The Expulsive Power of a New Affection. We have a new affection, we have a new love, we have a new passion, and it expels evil, wickedness. We banishes wherever it comes. We aren't perfect because our affection is not perfect, not in this world. But it does expel evil always and only. No evil can exist where the love of God is always proclaimed. So you want a cure for greed, for covetousness? You've got it right here in this text that I gave you. And I'll read it again once more. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. The lesser because of the greater that expels it. Throws it out. Vomits it out. Now what are you and I to seek? This is the positive. We cannot have two masters. We cannot serve God and mammon. What are we to serve? What are we to seek? What are you to seek? What am I to seek? The kingdom of God. The king first and his kingdom. And righteousness. The king has commanded it. So it must be right. It's an imperative. You know what an imperative is, I trust. The English language is not well known anymore, but that's a very common case. So it's a command. The king has commanded, seek ye first. Now it's not vague and unclear human ideas that we are to seek about God. It's not the world's thoughts. It's not wealth in the world, not possessions, it's not others even, or ourselves especially. But what are we to seek? God, the King, and the kingdom of God, and his righteousness. Now you are the subject of that kingdom. You are ruled over by the king. You're his subjects. Every one of us are his subjects. Our whole life is to be subject to his obedience as the king, the ruler of all things. So the king's righteousness, not as you see it, but as he has expressed it, as he has told us, as he sees it, not what we think, what he says and has told us. So this is what you are to seek and I am to seek. But maybe your question is now risen, it should. But where are we to seek it? Now if you would find it, you must seek it in the only place that you can seek it and find it. 
And where is that, you say? Not in any place other than God's holy word, the Bible, the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. This is where you must seek it. Not from men, not even from the best men, not from books other than the Bible. Even the best books are not your infallible guide. Now they may help you to follow the guide and books do that sometime and good men do that. I hope you listen to your preacher, but he can't save you. He can't direct you to the will of God except as he goes to the Bible and preaches the word of God. And he's a good man. And you've read some good books. But you need to go back and back and back to the Bible, to the word of God. Not to any other place. Not to their ideas, not to any ideas you may have. You may think yours are superior to God's, but they are not. Now if you would ever find the kingdom and the righteousness of God. It will be because you sought it. In the word of God. Spoken. Revealed in the Bible. For God has given us the only. Perfect revelation that we have. Of himself and of his will. There it will be found. In the volume of the book. Revealed inspired by God himself. It is the very word of God and it's called the word of the kingdom in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 19. The word of the kingdom, the word of the king, kingdom and word and kingdom of the same Greek word. So it's the word of the king, but it's the word of the kingdom also. In our translation, it is given that translation, the word of the kingdom, but it could be the word of the king. So go where the word is preached, taught faithfully, powerfully by the Holy Spirit as best you can determine. Go where Christians are gathering under the slave, under the servant of the Lord, his messengers, where they are faithful and true to the Bible. Go where the saints are gathering and are being equipped for life and for service. And that word service implies what? Worship. We serve the Lord. Why do we call it the worship service? Because this is what we do. We worship God. We serve God in the worship. So go where that word is honored and obeyed in the service, in the worship. Now we can worship him in other ways, but the primary way of worshiping him is in these services. Now we've looked at what we are to seek, but where we are to seek it, that's very clear as well. What we are to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Where? In the word of God, the word of the kingdom. But how are we to seek it? Diligence. We must seek it 
first, of course, and primarily with diligence. In other words, this is the manner in which to seek it. Now, the word that Jesus uses, we probably wouldn't have used. We think we're better than he. But the word that he uses is first. Does it mean diligence? It does. It means many, many, many things. It's quite remarkable that this word first has so much meaning. Think about it. Maybe you've never thought about it. So how are we to seek it? First. Before anything else. Above anything else. Before anything else. Or all things. Is to be this. The king and the kingdom. And his righteousness. This means to seek it early. First. In point of time. Before you seek anything else, seek this early in your life. Seek it from your childhood all the way up. You're being instructed carefully and taught very faithfully by parents in this congregation and by the ministers and the elders, minister and the elders. But are you seeking it? Did I hear you say you were? Then you will find it if you find, if you look into this word. It can be found. But seek it early. While you're a child. Before you grow old. Before you die. You don't know when death is coming. No one knows. It is uncertain. Only God knows. Do not delay. Today is the day of salvation. Why does the word of God say that? Because today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Don't put it off. Don't wait. You're not promised tomorrow. It may come. It may not come. I could give you examples. Some from this very congregation. One day they went out of the world. Unexpectedly. Terrible. Their families were grieving and sorrowing. Were they professing Christians? Then their sorrow could be abated. Subside. Be consoled. You may die. It may be tomorrow. It may be tonight. Before you ever live another day. I don't know. Only God knows. But seek ye first. The kingdom. Of God. And his righteousness. Seek it at the beginning of the day. Seek it first. Before you seek men. Before you talk to men. Talk to God. Early in the day. Each day, every day, all the days that you're given life, seek it first, the kingdom of God and his, and his righteousness. But you're to seek it with all your heart. It should be first, not only in time, but first in desire, first in your soul, first in your heart. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says this, listen. Ye shall seek for me and find me. When ye seek, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Are you? With all your heart? One thing first, above everything else. 
before you seek food, before you seek raiment, before anything else, you should seek first the kingdom. The king and the kingdom. Then, and only then, will it be found, will you find it, I find it. Have you sought it in this way, I say? And I could read, this is so common. Well, let me go to two places only. I will stop and do that. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 29. Listen carefully. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him if thou seek him with all thine heart and with all thy soul. Same thing Jesus said. Moses said, Deuteronomy 4.29. Let's look at another passage. I could begin to multiply these. I can't give them all to you, but here's another. Second Chronicles. Chapter 15 and verse 15. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire. And he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. Now this was more a physical thing, but it had to do more with their soul than anything else. When our outward life is devoted to him and righteousness, then we are finding him and his kingdom. Well, I've given you a few examples that could, be multi that could give you a multitude of them. So what are we to seek? The kingdom of God and his righteousness, not the world, not any men's ideas or anything else. And where are we to seek it? God's word. Read and preached faithfully. And how are we to seek it? First. Before anything else. First in time. First in desire. First in our hearts. First in faith. In the Lord Jesus Christ. But what is it. To seek the kingdom of God. Well. It's all the way through the sermon. That Jesus preached. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. So I'm going back to chapter 5 at the beginning where Jesus began to preach. And what did he preach? What was it he preached first? The Beatitudes. Listen. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, This is chapter 5, verses 4. Two and three. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Same as the kingdom of God. Some try to make a distinction as if they were two opposite kinds of kingdoms. There's no basis for that in all the word of God. But blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Should I read you another beatitude? I should. Verse 10. Blessed are they which are 
persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor, persecuted, receive the kingdom. Not the way the world thinks, not the way you think, not the way I think, but the way God thinks, the way Jesus thinks, the living and true God. He is Jehovah, Jesus, no other. We are to seek to enter that kingdom. And we enter it as paupers, beggars, poor. It's a strong Greek word for poverty, for being poor. Stronger than the English can hardly express. We'd have to say like paupers, beggars. We come into the kingdom. Begging, help me, Lord, save me, Lord, be merciful to me, the sinner. You don't go in proud, walking high, puffed up about who you are. You have nothing, not spiritually, in yourself. It commends you to God. Only what would condemn you, not commend you, but condemn you. To hell if you receive what you deserved. But you must enter the kingdom, you see. Now many seek to enter the kingdom, but cannot, do not. Multitudes. Because they come in the wrong way. They come thinking they have something to merit. Something they can give to God. Something that God needs from them. Oh, terrible thought that we can give anything that God doesn't have. He is perfect. He is God. He needs nothing from anyone. Nothing. Certainly not from you and me. Not even from the preacher. Nothing. Now, what is it to enter the kingdom? Well, John chapter 3 Verses 1 through 10 tells us a bit about this. Maybe you know it well enough. But let me remind you what Jesus said to that seeker. Who was the seeker? Maybe you remember. He came to Jesus by night seeking. His name was what? Nicodemus. And what did Jesus tell him? You must be born again. What is that? He couldn't understand it. He said, are you a leader in Israel? And you don't understand. This is the most basic lesson that needs to be learned and known by everyone. And you are supposedly a leader in the church of your day. And you have no knowledge, no inkling of what I'm saying. You must be born again. Maybe you don't know what I mean. But he doesn't even say you can't enter, but you cannot even see the kingdom of heaven without being born again. You're blind to it. Did Jesus not say that in that same passage of scripture? 
how dark our minds are, how blind we are spiritually. And if our, what should be light is darkness, how great is the darkness that is in you? It's not outside of you, it's in you. You carry the darkness around with you everywhere you go. Unless you're converted and then the light has begun to shine into your hearts. To bring you the knowledge of the living God and of his only son, our savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the new birth. You must, what does it say? Be born again. It's a passive verb. What does passive mean? You don't do it. Someone else does it. You must be born again. It's God who gives new birth. It's a gift from God. It's something that God grants to poor sinners who cannot give it to themselves. Did you ever birth yourself? Did anyone in the world ever give themselves birth? I don't think so. Their mother gave it. Their father and mother gave it. It was a gift. You're a gift through your parents. But really, ultimately, behind all of that is the gift from God, you see. We miss all of this. How little we understand. Scratching the surface, perhaps, a little of the word. It's not what you do. Not what I do. But what God does. The new birth must be given. And it must be experienced. We must be born from above. Maybe a better translation. Some have thought so and I think so. We must be born from above. As we look at the Greek. God himself is the author. We must be born from God, from above. God is the author of the new birth, not man. Not man. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Born of God. The new birth is from God, not from man. I said it, I say it again. A passive verb. Be born. Clearly, no one birthed themselves. Either physically, but certainly not spiritually either. So it is by the almighty power of God that raises dead sinners to life. To give new life to those who are perishing and dying who are already dead in their sins. And are living for them for death. Living for death because they live for their sins. It's all of grace. Sheer grace. Free grace. Nothing, nothing of you or of me. It's God, God alone, who transforms, who subdues. We're in rebellion against him. If we have any life, it's the opposite of what it should be. 
Now we do seem to have some life physical, but we have no spiritual life. We're dead spiritually in our sins. Paul is very clear about this and others are as well. But the grace of God makes them new creations, new creatures we call it in our translation, but maybe better to say new creations in Christ. So what am I saying? I'm saying it's radical to enter the kingdom of God, to even see the kingdom of God takes a radical act of God. Radical means the root, something at the bottom, down in the soil. And this is something radical. You have to go to the depths to find it. And it's drastic. We mean that sometimes when we say radical. Not the original meaning, but that is grown out of the original meaning. No, not the strong and proud and self-sufficient and self-righteous will enter the kingdom. The poor, helpless, the children who are dependent, who are teachable, who are docile, the children enter the kingdom. They believe. Not the church leaders of the day. Sometimes not even today. Not in this congregation, I trust. It's not that way. It's very different. But not only must you enter, but you must continue in the kingdom. You must follow after to know what you need to know. Continually following that you might advance in the kingdom, move forward in the kingdom and in righteousness. <clears throat> and you move forward with the king and the kingdom and the righteousness of the king. And we will, by the grace of God, we not only will see the kingdom and enter the kingdom, but we will Continue in the kingdom and persevere in faith and believing and repentance. No man having set his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 9 verse 62. So go on believing. We must go on believing every day. We must go on repenting daily. It is a one-time beginning, but it isn't a one-time act. We must believe, continue to believe, always, every day. And we must continue to come to the Lord, turning away from sin and repentance, not once, but every day. All the way to the journey's end. Till we come to glory and are received at last by grace into that kingdom. Come ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom. Inherit. What does someone who inherits something do? Nothing. It's a free gift, an inheritance. Inherit the kingdom. 
We don't think about words. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Come, ye blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And Paul says in Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. It's God's work and his alone. Not yours and mine, not a cooperative venture between us. It's his work. And then you, by your transformation, will walk in newness of life, but only by his grace all the way to the end of the journey. And he will cause you to persevere and will preserve you and keep you from every evil work that you might inherit that kingdom at last. Jesus loves me. I teach the children sometimes. We know this because the Bible tells us. And he'll stay close beside me all the way. But I put to you a question as I close the sermon. How is it with you? Have you been born from above? Born from heaven? Born again? Born of God? I can't do it, you say. I know you can't. Only God can do it. But has it happened? Has it been your experience? You've been transformed and renewed. Oh, I don't think so. Or maybe you have. But how did it happen if it happened? And how will it happen for you if it will happen for you? God must give it, must grant it. So pray. Pray, 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 pray. You don't pray. We don't pray because we don't believe. God must give it. He only can give it. It's a gift, free, grant from above. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. Pray to receive that word with meekness. And that God would do what he alone can and will do to all who come to him, who come in faith to him and receive him by faith. A new life, a new birth from heaven. So cry out to God, save this poor, wretched sinner who cannot save himself, who can do nothing to save himself. And don't you delay. I began with this. You need to do it now. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. For he will have mercy upon him. And unto our God. For he will what? abundantly pardon all your sins. Take them all. The Lord Jesus would take every sin you can give him. You may have done more than others. Maybe you've done less. But whatever your sins are, 
Give them to the Lord Jesus. Let him take them away and bear them on the cross and see them no more. Do not perish. Do not die in your sins. Today is the day of salvation. He will save. He will have mercy. He will be gracious. Seek it by faith. This is the way of salvation. A grant of the Spirit who gives faith. Every time you see the word faith, think the Holy Spirit. Don't ever see the word faith without thinking the Holy Spirit. No man ever gave saving faith to anyone or to himself. The Spirit gives faith. Every time you see the word faith, think faith is the Spirit's work. The Holy Spirit. So seek first the kingdom of heaven by faith. Seek the king by faith and his kingdom by faith and his righteousness by faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. Come unto me, he says. Jesus says it. Inviting you. Begging you, as it were. Entreating you. Earnestly saying, come unto me. All ye that labor. However young, however old. Maybe you're ancient. Maybe you're a child. But you may come. Children may come. The kingdom of God is for children as well as for adults. You may come today in faith and be saved. Come unto me, Jesus says, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, because you can't save yourself. And I, he says, will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. The yoke helps you to bear a burden. Take my yoke upon you. Bear the burden, and I will be with you. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, of Jesus. He's the Savior. He's the King, the kingdom. And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. And we close with the book of the Revelation, chapter 22, and the verses 15, 16. Listen carefully. I'm reading more than one verse. Revelation, the last chapter of that book. For the Bible closes with the same message. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel. And he had sent a literal angel to John to give him the revelation that he had in this book. But he sent an angel to every one of us, announcing the birth of Jesus by angels all the way through his life. Angel, 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 angel. People don't think about angels. You should. God has given you angels. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and offspring of David, the king. I am the root and offspring of David, the bright and morning star. 
and the Spirit and the Bride, the church, say, Come, and let him that heareth come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of this prophecy of this book, if a man add unto the things God hath added, of these things God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part in the, out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things that are written in these book, this book. Look for him where he will be found in the Bible. Don't you change it. Don't you alter it. Don't you ever think to change it. Or you'll be cursed. Take it as it says. And finally, he which testifieth, gives a witness to these things, saith, Surely I come quickly. Who's saying that? Jesus. Surely I come quickly. Amen. And you should respond, Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Welcome. Come into my heart. Come into the church. Come into the world. Come. Welcome him. That he might be saved. That others might be saved. That the church might be saved. That the world might be saved. Ultimately it will be. By the grace of God. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Only the grace of God. Only he can save. And he can save. And keep. And guard all the way to the journey's end. Let us pray. We come as helpless, poor, even sometimes persecuted for the gospel's sake, sinners. And ours is the kingdom of heaven. So let us earnestly, from our heart, first seek the kingdom. First in time, first in desire, first of all else, seek the one thing, the king and his kingdom and righteousness. And when we seek it from his word, we will find it. For when we search for it with all our heart, where we should look, it will be found and we will enter and we'll continue to the end of the journey. This we thank you for your loving kindness and tender mercies have followed us all our life long. And now, O oh Lord, draw in the sinner unconverted and speak a word of encouragement to every sinner that you have saved. They might acknowledge anew. They have no hope but in Jesus Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who has loved us. And the Son died for us. And the Spirit has given us faith that we might believe. And this we gratefully thank and acknowledge. Your gift, your grace, your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.